0: Thank you. Lundquist gave me a calendar for Christmas this year, and it's got beautiful watercolor paintings on it by a woman named Shanna. And then Susan um, texted me that she'd sent me a link to a blog, which I am not techie, so I didn't even know what a blog was. But they are little short stories that Um, You can post every day and people can read them and be blessed by them or whatever. Anyhow, I would like to read one of her blogs that she did because she is a painter. And it is just amazing how God uses us. And she is amazed how God uses her. She's telling a story. This is not... a. um, the first part of the story is about a friend of hers. I just want you to understand all the, the nuances of this. Her father was diagnosed with kidney cancer. The news was crushing. A month later, her husband was diagnosed with the same cancer. Sadly, the disease progressed quickly and she lost both men within a few short weeks of each other. Why God? Why? The question kept pounding through her thoughts. Right up until their passing, she had made daily visits to the hospital, sitting by their respective bedsides. She was exhausted and worn out. Now she sat in a silent house alone. Not long after I had begun painting, I began journaling in picture form through the Gospels. I painted one painting per day featuring some thought that had spoken to me in the chapter I had read that morning. I shared them daily in a Facebook group I belonged to. She was scrolling through the day's posts when my painting grabbed her attention. There in front of her was a painting of the very hospital she had recently made daily visits to. The words jumped from the screen because she had put Bible verses above and below each picture. On the top it said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? John 21, followed by, at the bottom of the picture, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them, Romans eight twenty eight. It was just a random photo off the internet that I had painted, or was it? God had heard her cries, her, why God, why? seen her tears and understood her questionings. He saw the big picture that she could not see and gently said, My child, trust me. She immediately contacted me, related her story, and requested a print of the painting. It gives me shivers to think how God had been working behind the scenes, not only inspiring my painting, but also guiding me to the exact photo to paint." How often do we get caught up in questioning, forgetting that God sees the end from the beginning? I'm sure Joseph, while sitting in the bottom of the empty well or while locked in prison, questioned, Why, God, why? Or Jochebed, as she laid Moses in the basket, later were given the answer to the why question. More often than not, we can look back and see why things were allowed to go as they did, and know we wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Still, other times, we can't see the reason, but can trust that God does. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10.23 Let's pray in whatever attitude of prayer you would feel most comfortable. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the the sunshine today. We thank you that we can trust you no matter what. We thank you that your sun shines on us, Father God, and we thank you for him and the rescue mission for us that you sent him on. Thank you, Lord, that you know the beginning from the end and that we can trust you. Now we ask that you bless us today as we hear words spoken in this room that they uplift us that they go with us through the coming week and that they shine a bright light on you and your on your son in Jesus name amen
1: good morning and happy Sabbath Sabbath. what you see is what you get and I want to thank you all for being here with us today Please make it a habit.
2: The other day we were shopping, I guess that was yesterday, and sometimes I have trouble figuring out where I am. And so now you have to understand Lynn is not a shopper. It doesn't matter for what, Lynn is not a shopper. So it's like an invasion You get in, get the job done, and get out. At all cost, we leave early. And so sometimes Norma's not quite up with me. (laughs) And so we're going down the aisle where uh, all the paper products are. And I'm already thinking ahead to the next thing. And I say, Norma, well what about the dairy aisle? Do we need anything down there? And she says, Lynn, we're in the paper products. So sometimes I need to be reminded where I am. And today is something about, before we begin this thing, whatever it is we're doing up here, I have just been informed by the chaplains at the prison that uh, we may, as volunteers, get back into prison this year, but they have no information for us. And if I asked Caleb, he'd have to kill me if he told me so. So the deal is, I am kind of in limbo, again, not knowing where I am. And I miss that because there, we can't, I don't think that we can kind of grasp what went on out there unless you'd been involved. And the reality is we had a group that was in intimate relationship with one another. Were there lies told there? Absolutely. Were there truths told there? I have no doubt. But we came into a a relationship where things could be said that were so raw and so real that I believed that they were spirit-led. It took a while for that to happen. And since I'm missing that, I am seeking that out here, and I'm wondering if anyone else would want to be part of that journey. Uh, This is a fresh idea, so it's not fleshed out. There's no time frame. I asked Gary, our pastor, I said, so do I have to have permission to make use of a room in the church to meet together with some people uh, so that we could? And he says, well, what will it look like? And I said, I don't know. I'm not a good leader, by the way, people. I'm not a good leader. I'm just a really bad follower. (laughs) So the thing is, would it be a prayer group? I don't know if that's an apt description of it, though we would pray. Would it be a Bible study? I don't know. I think that, I know that the Bible would be at the center of it. But what I, at least what has been put in my head is, maybe it would be a place where we could laugh if it was funny, and we could cry if it was tragic and maybe we could meet together and come into a relationship that's different than most relationships and the reason that I'm talking about that today is during this week I was in contact with a number of people and things that were very important to them came out very strongly in our conversations and in, an image came into my brain And at a point in my life when I was very young, uh, we did some fairly, probably insane things. And one of the insane images, through a number of circumstances that we don't need to go into, uh, we were all in a group and I looked down the line to another group and my friend, I only remember these guys by their last name, Dunham is on fire. And he comes running by on fire. Not, you know, just like his jacket because there wasn't a jacket. He was on fire. And so as he runs by, you would think, with all our Christianese, the first thing thing would be concern, right? No. This is a warped place. And the first thing was joking. And so in this, it makes me realize where things are in priority. And in my discussions, no one was on fire. But sometimes life makes us think we are, right? Especially during these crazy times that we're living in, that it seems like we're on fire. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a place we could come together and at least say, and not say silly jokes, about silly things. Well, somebody did put Dunham out, you know, put his fire out and gave him aid, but that was down the road. So let's judge things by the actualities. Is anybody on fire? I don't think so. This, this is an image out of a story. I want Chris to start with our first scriptures, which are Acts 9, 1 through 19.
1: When you're there, let me know it. And I would just like to say that I want to thank God for giving me the opportunity to read his words instead of mine. And I start. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed uh, to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias, yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to the straight street to the house of Judas, When you get there, ask for a man from Tyrus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. He is praying to me right now. He is praying to me right now. I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible thing this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hand on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength.
2: Okay, I have a question. Say that you're in conversation with someone, uh, someone that you know, someone maybe that you don't know, but the question comes up. What does God's blessing look like? If I was to bring the microphone, would you be able to give me a couple clues? What does God's blessing look like? Dean? You're not sure? That's fine, because sometimes there isn't surety. Nadine? No? Judy? Dale? Uh, I can't get there from here.
1: I just read something last night. It went something like this. I remember the days when I prayed for everything I have now. Amen. I think God's blessing shows through
2: life. We have life. We're here today. That's God's blessing. Okay. Thank you. Does anyone else? If the question was asked, and this person wasn't asking this frivolously, what does God's blessing look like? Help. Help? Help. Health. Yes, good health. Okay, good health.
0: this morning my doorbell rang and i opened up my door and here were kids from the youth department and marcy mcmurphy they had been thinking of me and praying for me and brought me some treats and i was just that just warmed my heart up thank you people can do that for you thank you so do you guys have an idea
2: no ideas whatsoever okay There's been a blessing all through the year for the people that have been through the flood, and we have been helping with that. And the Lord has blessed us in just being able to help them and work with them.
1: The Lord's blessing looks like this. Amen. Amen.
2: So, could we say that at Saul's conversion into this other character named Paul, did the Lord's blessing rest upon him? Yeah, I think we all can, can't we? That this was this radical transformation that th- that Scripture talks about. This radical transforming of a persecutor of the church, a mass murderer coming to Christ. Okay? The picture. There is a, I don't know if you guys are aware of the organization called uh, Voice of the Martyrs. It's a nonprofit Christian organization, interdenominational, that does things like send balloons into North Korea with, you know, I can't remember what it is that's printed on the outside of the balloons. Yeah, but I can't remember what part of it exactly. But they're really cool, and Norma has one. And uh, Or they bootleg Bibles into areas where possession of the Bible will get you killed. And these people have smuggled them And it's amazing stories. Well, in their little, whenever periodical comes out, there was a picture of a church that had been completely gutted. This is not it, because I couldn't find that image. But this is a representation. We can understand this. They are standing there. The congregants had been at a church meeting the night before. At the meeting, whatever type of meeting it was, whether it was just a business meeting, I don't know, firebombers took uh, advantage of that and threw gasoline bombs through the windows. And in that process, a number of the members of that church perished. They died. The picture is of the shell of the church the next morning and the... People from the church standing outside, and here's someone with a communion tray. They are celebrating communion outside their burnt-out church where members of their congregation have perished. And this is the thing that was said. Our church was deemed worthy to suffer the like Lord. Christ. Mm. How would we react? Hmm. They were in active prayer for the firebombers. They were actively praying for who would class them as an enemy. Is that how we would react? Hmm. Without this conversion that Saul had, was Saul looking for this conversion? No. God was looking for him. Hmm. And that's the amazing thing. So when we look at images like this. Thank goodness nothing like that has happened to this church or has it without the flames. Mm. We see how few we are. We can't meet easily. What's persecution look like? Mm. I would say this is very light. If this is persecution, it's persecution light. Mm. And they say that this isn't going to be easy. But the thing is, Are we prepared for the reality of this? And are we willing to celebrate? These people were celebrating. Now that is this spirit at work. Second Corinthians. Uh, The next verses will be Second Corinthians 11, verses 22 through 33.
1: Second Corinthians 11, 22 to 33. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the desert, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, beside all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feelings, that weakness? Who is weak without my feelings? that weakness. Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger. Amen.
2: So does the blessing still remain? The blessing that we read about in Acts? Has God removed that blessing so that all these bad things or are these bad things attendant to the blessing? Mm. I don't have answers to these things because we're not given answers. But the question remains, is it part of the blessing? Is COVID a curse or is COVID a blessing? Is it from the hand of the evil one? Is it from the hand of God? I don't know. I don't have the answer. But I do know that the group that stands outside their burnout church celebrating has the spirit that I want to encounter. The spirit that knocks Saul off of his horse. The spirit that converts Saul into probably the most prolific writer of the New Testament. So would we say, just like Job, when Job, we think of God's blessing upon this righteous man, is that blessing removed when the bad things come? Because sometimes, don't we, like the people that surround the person born blind, say, who sinned, him or his parents? And the answer is no, neither of them sinned, it was to show the glory of God. Can the glory of God look like your church going up in flames? Can the glory of God look like what Paul has just written here? Because I remember the person that actually is the backdrop to uh, Voice of the Martyrs, Richard Wormbrand, was imprisoned in, I think it's Bulgaria, for 14 years for being a Christian. That's a crime in some areas. He was beaten with heated barbed wire till he was crippled. And when he comes out, One of the proudest moments is when he gets to attend the baptism of the cruelest guard. Now think about that. Is it to God's glory? Or are we so complacent in America that if it's not completely comfortable, God isn't there? Mm. I believe God was in the church while it was being firebombed, while the flames were taking the lives. He was right there, just like he's right there when we go through struggles. It doesn't look like it sometimes. I know as I walk through these last two years, uh, since the death of my oldest son, that I have struggled and I think, where is God? Yet, I prayed for a healing for my son. And he was healed. He was healed the moment he died. Because he won't come back with the traumatic brain injury. He won't come back with all the attendant problems where his wife had to dress him. Where he couldn't speak without this tremendous load of medication. So sometimes the glory of God doesn't look like this neatly wrapped package. And that's unfortunate. James 1, verses 2 through 4.
1: James 1, verses 2 through 4. Starting with verse 2, faith and endurance is this topic. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen.
2: And what I look at is the needing nothing. What does that look like for you, needing nothing? Needing not to be In this beautiful sanctuary that we get to share in, which I have very deep affection for, because this is the only church I've ever known. Before God slapped me, uh, I had been to church twice in my life. Uh, Well, four times if you count the two times when I was in the Marines. But I had had no contact with Christians that were positive. And yet God in his mercy and grace allowed me to see this family that I care about and some of you I know care about me because some of you have prayed for me. Amen. And that is a big deal to me. So sometimes that blessing from God appears as trouble, I think. Maybe to get us our attention. Are we on fire yet? I'll never forget, the worst part about Dunham burning was not him burning because we were making jokes about what he smelled like. Now, we weren't, we weren't a compassionate group. And as he ran by, we all knew the only problem was he was either too slow or too stupid to avoid what happened to him. And the truth is, that's a fallacy. But sometimes it takes something like that to get our attention. He came back. He didn't look quite the same, but he did come back to the group. Uh, He came back embittered. I don't know what happened to him. I lost track of him. But when he went home, his life had dissolved. And he was a believer, by the way. I forgot to interject that. He was a believer. I was not. When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for what kind of joy? This is the largest joy that you can encounter if you go to original language. This is the big bang joy. And I wonder, do we see that now? Are we encountering that great joy now in this moment? Because if we wait until that day when I'll be happy when, that day is never showing up, folks. Today, we can choose this because God has given us his spirit inside of us and that's a guarantee. Ephesians 1, verse 13, I think, says, he puts his spirit upon us upon the moment of belief and that is the down payment of our future. What's the next one? We're not going to read all that. Uh, no sir. We're going to cut part of this out because it's long, but I do want this read. 1 Corinthians 13.
1: because I believe this. First Corinthians 13:1 through 2,13. Love is the Greatest, Chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoice whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstances. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. So as we go through, because we have no choice, you know, COVID's a thing. The whole world being tossed upside down in so many ways is something we can't avoid. You can't go somewhere else. You can't go to Hawaii and avoid it. It's my understanding. If you go to Hawaii, you have to stand in quarantine for some time before you are turned loose. Your whole Vacation would be eaten up in whatever quarantine is. And what fun would that be? To be locked in a room in Hawaii when the surf's right there. That ain't paradise, folks. We can say, yeah, this is hard. But we can also, just like the people that surrounded that church to celebrate communion after the firebombing, we can say we have somebody that we can count on. We have a being that cares about each one of us, cares when we're going through the fire, even when we are on fire.
1: Shadrach, I'm not, me shot, Meshach, Abednego.
2: Now yeah, there you go. I wouldn't recommend self-immolation to anybody. It didn't look like that much fun. But the truth is, some of our brothers and sisters in Christ feel that they are on fire and there's no one to put them out. And we don't have, we do have the fire extinguisher for that. And it's Christ and him crucified. Because his dad, the blessing on Christ included the cross. Think about that one. So when we go through, let's keep things in perspective. COVID's a pain, but at least we're not on fire. Lord, you're closing us out with
1: prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us this moment. We thank you, Father, for gathering us here for your purpose. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for us Mm -hmm. understanding and acknowledging that you are God and that we are not. And Heavenly Father, as we prepared ourselves and our minds and our hearts to come here to be in the spot where we're supposed to be at, otherwise we would be somewhere else. Bless our hearts and our desire, Father, once again to join in unity wherever we may be worshiping this day. We are one in unity and God's love.